In listening to the gospel today, you may have thought, well, I've heard this before, but it sounds a little bit different. And that is because there are two versions of the Beatitudes. The one from Matthew is, I think, the one that is more often heard, the one that's more often quoted. Uh, Blessed are the meek, blessed are the pure in heart. And of course, we sang that um, just a moment ago. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see our God. You know, the, the, the Gospels, in, in some ways, tell the same story in, diff- in you know, different versions. In some ways, they diverge. And so here, again, we have a, a situation where both uh, Matthew and Luke tell the same story, but in slightly different ways. Today, we see Jesus coming down to a level place with a great crowd. Now, at this point in his ministry, he has uh, achieved a certain level of Uh, stardom, if you will, to use a a modern term. He's become known for his preaching and teaching, but also that he can do things that other people can't do. And we can see here in this, uh, this version of the story that a great crowd had come from all Judea, Jerusalem, the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and they were pressing in on Jesus because they wanted to hear him and be healed of their diseases and to be cured of unclean spirits. And people were trying to touch him because, as Scripture says, power came out from him and all were healed. And this isn't the only place where we hear that. Remember the story of, of the widow who wanted to be healed and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And at once he, he felt that power had gone out from him and said, who touched me? So this is something that was known amongst the people. Um, while we were in the Sea of Galilee, we went to this spot where, um, the hometown actually of Mary Magdalene, and there's a, a, a large church, that's a new church that's built there. And down in the crypt, they have a chapel that can be used by different denominations, not just uh, Roman Catholics. And uh, it's quite an unusual, striking painting that is behind the altar um, in terms of its, uh, its composition. Uh, most art behind an altar shows you know, the whole figure of Jesus. Or here at St. Mary's, we have Mary and the angel Gabriel giving God's message to her. In this painting, it's this gigantic uh, I would say bigger than one of those really large screen televisions, uh, painting of feet. <laughs> and uh, as someone, I'm, I'm not a great big fan of, of, of feet. Um, and to, so to be met with that, uh, the minute you walk into a chapel is sort of rattling. But if you look closely, you, you see down at the very ground level, this old sort of wizened hand reaching out And it's the moment when the power goes out from Jesus and enters the the woman's body for healing. All that aside, uh, so we have this other uh, example here today of the Beatitudes. Now, this example uh, is different than the one in Matthew because it has two sides. You have the blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you part. But then you have the woe to you, woe to you, woe to you part as well. And, you know, I was very, again, I had a a revelation when I was in seminary because the way I was uh, brought up in the church 
The scriptures and the things that Jesus said seemed, the way it was packaged, at least the way I understood it, was that it just was totally brand new stuff and came completely from uh, Jesus' heart and mind and, and lips. But what we failed to recognize uh, was that Jesus was very much a part of his own culture and his own religion. And we know from reading the scriptures that he knew the scriptures back and forth. We remember the story of how he was separated from his parents and found in the temple amongst the elders uh, teaching them. And so much of what Jesus says is, uh, if not a quotation or a repetition, at least a nuance on some of the scriptures that he would have been very familiar with, what we call the Old Testament, sometimes today called as called the Hebrew scriptures. And he talks in this, uh, in this passage in the Beatitudes about the prophets and the false prophets. And so today, uh, our first reading was from the prophet Jeremiah, who certainly was not a false prophet, but Jeremiah sets up this dichotomy as well. And so, as I say, Jesus would have been familiar with this sort of structure. And Jeremiah talks about those who trust in the Lord <coughs> and those who trust in their, their mortal strength. He says, those who trust in mortal strength will be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see relief and those who trust in the Lord, however, shall be like a tree planted near water, sending out its roots into the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. I love that passage because I think that can apply to us in so many ways. In our personal lives, in our careers, and certainly in our life to get together as a church. It is not anxious in the time of drought, and it does not cease to bear fruit. And so we are taught from the earliest prophets to trust in the Lord. And I'll draw your attention also to uh, the collect we prayed today, which also sums this up in a different way. We pray that God the God of strength of all who put their trust in him will mercifully accept our prayers. And we acknowledge that in our weakness, we can do no good. And so with your help, Lord, give us your grace that in keeping your commandments, we may please you both in will and deed. So again, that theme of putting our trust in Christ and putting our, getting our strength from God's love, as St. Paul would have said, boasting in Jesus Christ. And so back to the, the Beatitudes. This is another way of Jesus taking this ancient tradition of the church, uh, the ancient tradition that he was part of, it wasn't the church at the time, I'm sorry, um, and giving it a nuance and giving it a fresh spin for people. So we talk about the need to always rely on God and the need to turn our attention away from ourselves. And Jesus puts some flesh on those bones. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are hungry, for you will be filled. Blessed are those who are weep, and blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. 
He says, in the case of that, to rejoice and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. But he goes on to say, woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation, and woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry, and woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. And this is what he says, this is what they did to the false prophets. So he's not saying that we shouldn't be full. He's not deriding material success, I don't think. He's not saying that we should always be in the depths of sorrow and depression. But what God is saying is that what Jesus is saying to us in this message, he draws a stark contrast and is saying that those of you who trust in God, your reward will be, will be great. Those who put their trust in their human strength and in their mortal frame will be greatly disappointed in the end. And so we must try our best to follow the, uh, the words of those old prophets and the words of Jesus Christ. And look for our brothers and sisters, perhaps, who are weeping, who are excluded, who are hungry, and give that bit of comfort to them. But also, when we think that everything's going our way, you know, I, I try to teach this to the, the, the preschoolers in, in the best way that I can, because we always have prayer time. And I say, you know, that a lot of times um, when we pray to Jesus, we pray because we need something. And that's a good thing to do. But look at the person sitting next to you. Look at your friend sitting next to you. What kind of friendship would it be if you never talked to that person unless you wanted something from them? It wouldn't be very good friendship at all, would it? And they think, no, no, it wouldn't. So I tell them, we need to talk to Jesus in our daily lives and not just ask him for things, but thank him for things. And so in that simple way, I hope to convey to them what I'm trying to convey to you, that and as we say in one of our collects in the prayer book, we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. We rely on the cross of Christ. We rely on the power of Christ. We rely on the love of God and the grace that we have been so freely given. So as we go out into the world this week and throughout our lives, let's try to keep that in focus. Let's try to keep that cross of Christ at the center of our minds and our hearts and know that his grace is with us to help us to then give that grace to others and to pass that on. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.